there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits so you can go to Disney World. You guys, if I had a dollar from every family that called me or emailed me and said, oh my gosh, we have gotten back from Disney and everything is in absolute chaos, or, oh my gosh, Becca, we're going to Disney, how can we possibly have our good sleeper stick? I would have a hundreds of dollar bills. So to help you guys out, I spoke with a family who recently took their seven month old to Disney World, and even just four months ago, they've completed the sleep e-coaching program. So I wanted to share with you their story and Katie's tips on how to take your baby to Disney World successfully. So enjoy my conversation with Katie, and then stick around at the end for some more tips on taking your child to Disney World. Okay, well, tell tell me about your your Disney World trip. Yeah, um, so I feel like I should start by saying I'm not definitely not a Disney novice. <laughs> so my my family probably went too many times growing up, and then I actually worked there for a semester in college. Um, did part of the college program, yeah. and so um, you know I have some pretty good experience there. My husband and I have been three times together and actually got engaged at Disney. So the actual like park, you know, how things work and where things are and all of that, I was pretty familiar with. But when we started planning it and taking a kid, I mean, that was a whole other experience. So, I mean, honestly, if you'd asked me if taking a seven month old baby was a great idea, I probably would have said, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, obviously the child's not going to get that much out of it at that point. And selfishly, I was totally concerned about all the things I wasn't going to get to do because we were bringing a baby. Um, But my husband had this conference in Orlando and we had my parents willing to go with us to help out. So I was going to say, I mean, definitely if you have some grandparents who are happy to tag along or other people to be helping hands, I think more than one person I know has said that that is a huge help at Disney World. Um, So, you know, we flew to and from Orlando, so we had plane flights on either end, which was another thing in my brain with taking a baby. Um, And we spent three full days in the parks um, and stayed on property at one of the cheaper resorts um, on the Disney property and had, um, park hopper passes, which means that you can go between the different parks. Uh, so you can go to Magic Kingdom in the morning and Epcot in the afternoon kind of thing. So yeah. even though I had all this Disney experience, I did tons of research <laughs> ahead of time. And you really can. I mean, there's so much out there on Disney's website. And um, I mean, you can Google it and find a million blog posts of moms talking about what worked well for them. And um, But for us, I mean, the biggest concern for me was sleep because... Oh, and we did the e-training when he was four months old and he's done great with it, but I, I'm a rule follower. And so I definitely have mostly kept to the rules as much as possible, you know, and, um, really try hard to have him home for his naps and things like that, you know? And so I, I flex with him, but only as needed, you know, I don't flex with him for fun. So so it was kind of hard to be like, okay, I am willingly deciding that for five days, we are going to totally screw with him normal routine and see what happens. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, our basic day looked like we would get him up. We let him kind of dictate when the day started because we knew that we were keeping him up late. So when he woke up and admittedly, he woke up earlier every day that we were there than he does at home. Um, that happens, <laughs> he, that happens when yeah. you're on vacation. Yeah, but he would get up and we'd nurse and get ready and um, do breakfast on the bus and then, you know, kind of every day try to do a ride that he could ride first thing when we knew he'd be awake 
awake and happy and um and then pretty soon after that get him in a stroller for snooze and um yeah and then ride some more rides and find something else he could ride and have some lunch and take another little snooze in the stroller and get a few more things done and head back to the hotel for a nap and then go back out for a few more hours which was the part that I didn't know if it was going to be good or bad and turned out to be really great for us so with a two nap schedule so you said you did you did like two little cat naps in the morning and then so did you come to the hotel to do it we did like full or nap yeah, so he had fully been transitioned to two naps a day for a while. I mean, I think we did that at six months um, or five months. <laughs> Whenever you told me to do it, we did that. <laughs> Probably six months, yeah. yeah. So he was definitely down to two naps. Um, but at Disney the whole time, it was more than that. So usually uh, two out of the three days he took um, two little short naps in the morning. And we kind of, the first one was sort of exactly when it normally would be at home, you know, like right around, um, 1030 is usually when he takes a nap. And so, you know, we would see him starting to get tired or we would just know he's probably going to get tired. And so we would get him in the stroller, put the cover over, you know, cute, get her, try to get him somewhere pretty quiet, make sure he had a clean diaper, <laughs> um, and, and get that first little snooze. And then it was never very long. I mean, the stroller nap kind of maxed out for him at about 30 minutes. And so, um, then usually two ish hours later, we would get him another little nap, you know, usually in the stroller. I think he took one nap on my dad <laughs> while we were there, oh, but that's awesome. usually in the, in the stroller. Yeah. But because of that, because they were pretty short that we kind of figured out that getting a longer nap in the afternoon and in the pack and play would definitely make it more likely for him to do okay in the evening. So um, that nap was always later than his afternoon nap would usually be, you know, usually it was um, a little later in the day and he would wake up at five thirty or six and, uh, you know, be able to go for a few more hours after that. So yeah, it was yeah. definitely a, became a, from a two nap a day to a three nap a day. <laughs> and I think even four naps on the last day we were there. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, I think that's a good, just like testimony to the fact that you're always going to have that foundation. It wasn't like you were never having to depend on, oh my gosh, we've got to have naps. And the only way you know how to sleep is if you're on me, if you're nursing, yeah. like he just knew, all right, well, I need to sleep. So I'm just going to go to sleep right now. And, yeah. um, and well, yeah, some kids are a little bit more picky than others on wanting to pack and play always, or what, you know, being okay with the stroller. You know, that's, that's so good that for three days, you just knew, even though you're a rule follower, like, all right, we're just going to throw it out and we're going to try to do what we do. And yeah. no, at home, you wouldn't be doing a pack and play nap until 5:30 or 6 PM, but you wanted to go do the fireworks. So talk yeah. to us about like, how you did Disney nighttime with the seven. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say going into it, I, I, I know several moms who've taken their kids and have told me that afternoon nap at the resort was key. And I was kind of resistant at first because again, I was like, well, then we don't get to do as much. We have to take all that time out. And then I think I quickly realized that that would set us up for success so much better. So I really think, um, you know, getting them back in the afternoon for a quiet place with air conditioning and yes. um, just a darker space. And, and hopefully, you know, I think especially when they've had such a busy morning, it seemed like for him, he went down pretty easily and was pretty happy to be able to, to take that nap. And so, um, you know, usually it would start around four, four thirty, Um, and then he, I think every day slept a good hour and a half, maybe two hours during that time. And we would just get him up and get him to, 
you know, get them back into the routine and get ready and go to the parks. I think that's um, one of the biggest, I guess, tips with that is that staying on property, you have access to those best system, the best system there. And so it just takes a lot less time to get yourself back to the park. And so, um, you know, it was pretty easy to let him take as long as a nap, a nap as he would take um, and then just get him up and ready and we could go back for two or three more hours. So um, for our family, we had, you know, made dinner reservations ahead of time, which as just a Disney tip, I would say, if you're going to go and want to have dinner at some of the places where you sit down, having that ahead of time um, is good. With a baby, it added this whole other complication because we don't do a lot of dinner reservations these days. Um, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, knowing that we had a dinner planned and, and there were some nighttime activities we wanted to try out for him, it was uh, it was definitely only possible, I think, because he took that later nap and then he could get up and be good to go for another four hours. And we pushed that limit too. I would say for the most part, Owen oh, in the afternoon, I mean, four hours is kind of our max at home, you know, yeah. um, he probably got up to four and a half, at least one of those days. Yeah. Um, and I may just have a social baby, but, <laughs> but he <laughs> was never upset about that. You know, he got a little, we called it baby drunk, a little bit yeah. goofy towards the end, um, but did great. And was, I think, um, having had that, that later sleep was able to just go for a few more hours than usual. So, yeah. So, all right. I know that I have a lot of moms who are going to be like, Oh, Katie, but like, tell me like, what was your schedule? So like, when did you have dinner reservations and when did, like, when did the fireworks start and how did, how did the evening timing work out? Yeah. Well, and so I would say on the front end, I mean, even before we left Disney, I tried to give him lots of consistent, left for Disney, I tried to give him lots of consistent days, you know, and we tried to very much stay on schedule and have very normal days leading up to it. The day we got there, um, we got in kind of early afternoon and immediately got him down for a nap at the hotel. Um, and then I had made an early dinner reservation at for six that night. And so that was a good thing because we were able to get dinner, get back almost by bedtime, you know, get them down almost by bedtime um, to start the week out like that. So I think as much as you can start out <laughs> as close to schedule is good. Um, and then our other reservations were at seven. Um, and so definitely later, I mean, we usually dinner around five thirty or six here, so yeah, <laughs> um, definitely later for him, but that, the good part I think about that, um, at least in the summertime, all the nighttime shows at Disney world start somewhere around nine o'clock at night, which sounds crazy when you say that out loud. That in I'm your normal house. Yes. <laughs> yes. In the um, Disney world life. That's not crazy. Yeah. Right. And I think even just, you know, Owen is eating some solids now. And so a seven o'clock dinner, he's interested and excited and happy and mealtime is a great distraction and lots of activity for him that he's engaged in. Yeah. And so I think that had him kind of good and awake and happy to be able to, you know, in 30 more minutes, watch some fireworks and then go home, you know, yeah. and um, sort of, I, I would say, you know, we always purposefully stood towards the back of the park for, for the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. And um, when we were at the fireworks at Epcot, kind of left as the finale was starting to just get ahead of the crowds a little bit. I do yeah. think that's something you have to factor in. It's going to take a while to get back to your room. Even with the magical bus system, it takes a while. And so, um, you know, we, we tried to get them back as quickly as we could after they were over. But um, 
yeah, I think, I think kind of having that meal time leading up to it and a little bit closer was actually helpful because he was good and awake and engaged, um, you know, a little later than usual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because he had that afternoon nap. Yeah. He's able to carry through a little bit more and then enjoy that. And then I'm, I'm all with you, even honestly, if it's myself, um, this is going to say a lot about my personality, but I'm going to leave when that finale starts because I'm yeah. not about to like be in that crowd. Even if it was just me like, no, I yeah. don't like crowds. I am not about to be that. So that's a really yeah. good tip. Well, any, yeah. any other tips or strategies that you would share with parents, whether it's babies or toddlers, or you're just taking your kids to Disney, what are some of your best tips? Yeah. I mean, some of this is things that I think you've said, obviously just having that strong foundation going into it. And like I said, kind of, I think keeping things pretty consistent right before, um, was helpful. You know, he was going to be in the room with us in a pack and play without his usual schedule. Um, so just knowing that all of that was coming for him, we tried to keep it pretty straightforward, um, prior to, and then bringing the bedtime routine with you, as you say before, I mean, we sped that up a little bit at night yeah. since we were getting there late, but because it was hot and he had eaten and whatever bath time still kind of needed to happen. Yes. So we would do a quick bath and, uh, you know, uh, you can use Disney provides pack and plays. All the resorts have pack and plays for no fee, um, which wow. is awesome. So we didn't have to bring that, but we did bring our own sheet and a sleep sack and bedtime books and his sound machine and, um, Owen's self-soothing strategy is his fingers so he had those yes <laughs> to suck always. On yep always with us and was ready to go um you know and we stuck to our strategy there was the very first night um as he sometimes does anytime we've gone to a new place he did wake up for a little bit during the night um and yeah. just kind of cried a little bit and we let him do that for about 10 minutes and gave him a little pat and then he would come right down and went back to sleep um yeah and so, you, you can know, expect that on that one yeah no. Yeah. But remembering the things that, you know, you know, about how, how you, um, do bedtime and how it goes well, the, I mean, having a plan and keeping it flexible, uh, you know, Owen really didn't dictate the majority of our day, but he dictated kind of a start and the end of it. And, yes. you know, if he had melted down around six, we would not have stayed for the fireworks. So, you know, having, having some things in mind like that, but yeah. really, um, Disney is sort of set up for you to be able to bring kids in a lot of ways of, you know, you can, you can get fast passes ahead of time that kind of guarantee you being on a ride and you can plan all of those for the morning time when you know you're going to be able to stay at the park for a few hours. And then yeah. you can do a ride share plan where, um, one person can stay with the baby and the other person goes through the line and then that person doesn't have to walk, go through the same line afterwards. And so, um, you know, you can really, navigate kind of the in-between times. So I think like having an idea of the things you want to do ahead of time and then flexing as you see how your kid does with sleeping and how, you know, how exhausted they are. Um, and I would say too, that having your own stroller, um, and Disney actually just has some new rules that they put out about stroller size. So that would be something I would check if you have like a giant multi stroller. Oh, yeah. Um, but we have a pretty big <laughs> stroller that we took, but it reclines all the way. The cover comes almost all the way down. It's comfy, you know, so, and, and we had a fan for the stroller, which yes. I would say is also key. That was my number. <laughs> I'm going to link that in the show notes. That is my yes. number one, like outdoor tip with baby. Yes. It's uh, so necessary. I mean, even in um, April, it was already 90 degrees for us a yes. couple of days. So that is hot for that little guy. So 
having a stroller or circulate some air. You can rent strollers at Disney World, but they are plastic and they don't recline. And, you know, they're more yeah. for bigger kids, I think. Um, so yeah. if you're hoping to have a stroller nap, it's just way more conducive to have your own. Yes. Um, so I think, yeah, bringing your own stroller, totally worth it. Afternoon nap in bed at the hotel, I really feel is pretty necessary now, you yeah. know, with older, I think even with older kids, friends of mine who've taken older kids that maybe don't even normally nap anymore. They just kind of really need it yes. <laughs> when they're at Disney to have good attitudes. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing, out. there's like nothing more stimulating than being at Disney World. So yeah. yeah, I mean, even, um, even, yeah, the older kids that I've worked with where like I've helped them transition to Disney and back to Disney, it's like, yeah, well they may not nap, but can you please just go back and have like just 45 minutes of quiet time yeah. or even yeah. like maybe just go to the pool and sit yeah. at the pool, like something to just kind of like take away the visual stimulation for a little bit is key. For sure. I felt like for us too, that three days in the parks was kind of his max. And I think if we had tried to stay longer or if we went back when he's older, things like that, we would probably even schedule in a whole day of being at the hotel and being at a pool and being a little more relaxed to have naps and more of a schedule. Um, I know a lot of friends that have done that too. And I can definitely see that that would have a huge value. Um, for us too, I mean, having my parents, parents there we also had requested adjoining rooms so you know to be able to have rooms that connected so that way we could put him down for his nap and go hang out in their room for a little bit and let him settle down you know and um kind of do the same thing at night before going back in anytime there's that room share situation I think it helped to be able to have a little bit of separation while he was settling down and so Kind of on that note, what I would tell people is don't be afraid to ask for anything that might help when you're at Disney because they are, you know, known for customer service and they're super empowered to do whatever they can to help you. And yeah. so, you know, they have baby care centers at all the parks where they're quiet and they're clean and they have private nursing rooms and changing tables and all these things. So they really have a lot to try to help mo young moms or moms of young kids out. Um, so, you know, when it comes to even your room or whatever situation that might be less than ideal, you know, if there's anything that they could possibly provide, it's always worth asking. So um, having that adjoining room was a big one for us. I think those are kind of the big things. I think um, for us too, we hadn't done a ton of naps on the go for Owen since he was sleep trained. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of reason to, like I said, I was always trying pretty hard to get him home and he would fall asleep in his car seat, but I hadn't really had him napping on me or on his stroller um, in a while. And so we actually did a trial run with that. <laughs> and being that we live in East Tennessee and Dollywood is here, we went to Dollywood. Um, but I think even if you could take your kid to the park and just put them in their stroller and recline it and see what happens. And, you know, it gave us more confidence that, like you said, you know, he knows what to do and he would do it even though it was a different space and not perfectly dark and he didn't have a sound machine, you know, he could do it. Um, and so I think as a confidence booster for parents pre-trip, <laughs> that was a tip that I thought was good. It's just like, try it out. But yeah. kind of create the environment that you're going to be in and see how your kid does. And it might teach you a little better what you're going to do when you're there. Yeah. So. I like that trial run idea. That's a good, that's a good point. And yeah, you are a little lucky. You have like a miniature Disney world right in your backyard. So yeah. <laughs> they can't quite be compared at no, all, but, but, yeah. <laughs> but still fun. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that yeah. is so awesome. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing all this with us. Um, and yeah. what I'd love to do is link any resources that you personally used in the show notes for everybody. So if they just want to go down yeah. and see, um, you know, your favorite blogs and resources that you have maybe looked at when you were planning your trip, but thank you so much for sharing this with us. This was so, so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving us a good foundation so that we could actually take our kid to Disney World. Yes, <laughs> He will never remember about. it, but we're going to tell him about all of his awesome experiences one day. Katie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight with us. I have never personally taken a baby to Disney World. We're hoping to take the girls maybe in the next year. I don't know. Keep it on the down low. We have not told them. And it's not even on the calendar, but we're hoping. And so I really want to encourage you guys that the number one thing I would share with you before you go to Disney is to sleep train your child. If your baby, if your toddler has no clue how to independently sleep by themselves in their pack and play or in their bed, guess what? Your Disney trip is not at all going to look like Katie's because you're going to be constantly having this stress about you that your child depends on you to go to sleep and you're trying to have a good time at Disney World and everything will be in chaos. How do I know that? Because so many families have come back from Disney ready to sleep train because it was so terrible. I don't want that to be your story. Instead, look at your calendar. If you have more than two weeks before you head off on your Disney trip, then grab the sleepy coaching program that is for your child's age. Get started so that you have plenty of time to teach them the foundational levels of how to sleep and how to sleep well so that you can go and bend the rules and enjoy fireworks and have a great time together. Come home, be right back on track, get right back into routine routine and everything is fine. Now I'm excited for you to grab this because as summer approaches, there is nothing more exciting than knowing that you're going to have sleep on vacation. So if that doesn't entice you enough, I just want you to know this is a thing. You can have vacation sleep and you can have sleep at home. All you have to do is go to littlezsleep.com slash courses and choose the program for your family. I'm so thankful you guys were here. Thank you again, Katie, for sharing with us. Sweet dreams. See you next time.